Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. back on this Thursday. Thank you for being with us for Daybreak Devotions from McLeansville Baptist Church. This is Pastor Mike Barnett and Pastor Corey Cantrell. We greet you in the name of the Lord and in the name of our church, McLeansville Baptist. Yes. Our family, our people. It is a warm, heartfelt, sincere greeting to you all. That encourages me just hearing you say that. I'm glad. I'm From just... our peeps to yours, good morning Gosh. on this Thursday. Yes. Record-breaking Thursday, might I add. Woo-hoo. I don't know what it's going to be yet. We don't know. We don't know what the high will get to today or how widespread this phenomenon will be. But this is the definition of eager anticipation. It is. I mean, we're going to be watching it closely. In fact, I'm going to be out in it today. Yeah? Yep. Little known fact, and I won't give many details about it. But uh, yeah, I'll be out in the uh, the great outdoors uh, later today. Got some things to do, got some visits to make, but then I'm heading into the wilderness All for right. a very brief uh, expedition with some of our brethren. That'll be good. It will be. Unfortunately, you won't be there because, hey, I think it'll be your birthday. Yes, it will be this Friday. Yeah, tomorrow. Be the big 3-3. Three, three. Won't be here for your birthday. Nope. We might think about you, though. That would be appreciated. We might raise a canteen to you while we're out Ooh, well, around, that, the, around the campfire. That would be, that would be delightful. Well, I, I'll try to remember to do that. Anyway, uh, well, we hope everybody will, I don't know, be able to, this will sound dramatic, but be safe out there. Yeah. I mean, it's February, and we're going into the 80s. So I think it's the, it's the shock factor. It is, and, 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 and if, you, if you don't really think about what you're doing, you're going to act like it's supposed to be like 60 or 50, yes. and you're going to go out there and overheat fast. Yes. I would say I'll just give the top two dangers that I can think of. I guess I could try three, but two just come to mind immediately. Okay, Number one, dehydration. Mm-hmm. I would be interested to know how many cases of dehydration the hospitals receive on a week like this. Here it is February. It's wintertime, but the temperatures being what they are. Because typically during winter – I think people don't drink as much as they should. Because they're not and, thirsty. Right. And they think, well, I don't need, you know, but but we are. I mean, so for those of you listening right now, drink you're some wondering, water. why do you have headaches? Why do I have headaches? Why am I so tired? And you can't figure out what it is. Likely as not, it's dehydration. You need to drink more water. Now, secondly, and and yes, yes, because I know somebody just asked. Yes, you, you can drink a, a little bit of sports drink or something with some... I actually, rather than the sports drink with all the sugar, though, it's get those little noon tablets. Yeah, get yeah. your electrolytes that way. Electrolytes was the word I was trying to look for. Thank or, you. Or go old-fashioned, just take you a swig of pickle juice. Uh, so dehydration's a, a danger. And the second thing, mosquitoes. Yes. They're out. Uh, everywhere, and they're already annoying. But I, I want to throw out a lifeline of hope. Yeah. Because that's what we're about right here. We're about encouragement. We're about offering people the, the potential that, Things could not be as bad as you think they are. What if God in his mercy is bringing us this early spring to call out all these villains, all these vile creatures, and make them feel at ease, and then one more somewhere about mid-March we get the deep freeze and just kill them all. Just literally kill them all and let God sort it out. That would be a blessing. 
Yellow jackets, mosquitoes, wasps, And we end up with flies. like the most glorious summer ever because ah, everything's dead. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> well, of course, the problem is, I know, I know, somebody's already said it, but, but what about all the flowers that have already come out, you know? They'll come back. Just give them time. Yep. Of course, unfortunately, the mosquitoes and the bugs will come back too in, in due time, but, you know. <sighs> all right, so there you go. Lifeline of hope that we then jerked back from everybody just as quickly. Um, I think that because... We're going to go into a discussion today on Lent season. I know we did it yesterday, and I'm surprising you coming in today. Yep. You came prepared to talk about Psalm 119. Sure did. But I came prepared to talk about Lent some more. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the stuff you found in your pocket this morning nope. either. I'm talking about the season, the Lenten season. And I've got some things I'd like to share that will be, I think, a help to those that are interest, interested and intrigued by this idea. And then there's others out there that, hey, well, yeah, I've, they're listening to this radio broadcast, and Lent's been a regular part of their life for all their life. So there's all kinds of people listening to the program today, but I think this will be encouragement, refresher for some, brand new for others. And if you're one of those people that Lent's been a part of your life for a long time, and you're like, hey, yeah, this has been, been kind of standard, we'd love to hear some of your Lent experience, some of the ways that this tradition has been important to you and some of the things that you've gleaned from us. So drop us an email at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com. That'd be a wonderful way to use our email. Absolutely. So uh, just kind of to get things started on this discussion, how has your first day of the Lent season, how did it, how did it go for you? So not well, but that's <laughs> primarily because I'm still very much learning this. Um, I've given some thought to... Hey, Lord, what would be some ways that we can do this, that I can personally do this? I know, obviously, I'm going to end up basically missing the entire first official day of Lent, but I'm optimistic to be able to observe it in some smaller capacity this year and grow for next year. Well, the great thing about it is this, uh, this thing is not a law. It's not something that's coded into Scripture that says, Thou shalt do this. And it starts on this day until this day. And if you don't do it exactly by the rules, then God is disappointed with you. It's not that at all. It's, it's certainly a voluntary thing that we choose to do as a way of, of honoring God and drawing closer to him. Now, it's certainly, as we said yesterday, it's based on an application of scriptural truth, which I want to show you today. But to that question of how it went the first day, and you, know, you might be someone even listening now who says, you know, I, I, I heard that later maybe on the podcast version or whatever, and I'm kind of behind the curve now. I guess I blew it. It's, it's Thursday. I missed Ash Wednesday. Well, not at all. You can start right now. You can start anytime and jump in on the season leading up to Easter. As we're going to talk about again today, there's a, there's a, a spirit of it that we're trying to enter into, and it can begin today. Funny but true story, on the morning of Ash Wednesday, which would be yesterday morning, I was having uh, Deacon Dean was at the house for an early morning workout. And we got to talking about this. I, I asked him about it. I said, so what are you going to give up for Lent? Because that's traditionally what everybody thinks and, and will speak about it this season. And he said, well, I think I might give up either the rower or the uh, squat bender. <laughs> <laughs> these, were, these are, for those that don't know, part of our pre-workout warm-up sessions. And he hates the squat bender in particular. Really? Oh, yeah, he hates the squat that's bender. That's a good one. That one's got all sorts of uh, beneficial properties. Well, the problem is I said, well, it's too bad because we've already done that today, so can't give that up. Already over, you know. Yep. So he had to go to thinking about something else, and he defaulted to one of the regulars, chocolate. Ah. Uh. Yeah, but uh, just joking about the chocolate, he was too. But, you know, those are the kind of things people think about giving up. But I think 
it's important for us to open our hearts to the bigger picture of what Lent is about. And I'm not going to rehash everything from yesterday, but just as a reminder uh, of, of where, where this comes from, from a spiritual or scriptural standpoint, let me just remember or reread Luke 9, 23, where Jesus says to the disciples, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That is the essence of what the Lent season is about. It is about, I think the way I said it, even on the description of yesterday's program is, it's about drawing nigh to God and, and making war against our flesh. What does it take to do that? Now, here's what I did. I pulled the the official church calendar of, if there's any of our uh, Lutheran friends listening out there, this is the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod edition of this year's church calendar. I pulled that because uh, that, that references to my good Army chaplain friend, Graham Glover. Um, but I pulled that, and it has the readings for Ash Wednesday on it, okay? And that, so I'm, I'm letting you know where this came from as far as these thoughts. And I decided I would use that as part of my morning prayer time. Let's see what these scriptures have to say. And the first one was in Joel chapter 2, and so I'm going to read that in just a moment. But you had Joel 2, and then it was 2 Corinthians 5, and then it was Matthew 6. And what I noticed was how well put together those passages are at teaching us how to enter into the Lenten season with the right frame of mind and the right, the right goals. Okay, so let, let's do this. Let's go to Joel chapter 2 and start there. And basically, I want to give you three words today that will help you understand what the Lenten season is, is supposed to be about. Joel chapter 2. Before, before I read from Joel chapter 2, you have in front of you a bit of a summary of the background of Joel. Yes. Give us a, just a touch of where, where, where the prophecy of Joel is coming from. So basically, there's a, according to this reading, there's a plague of locusts that has invaded the farmlands in Israel, and Joel is telling the people, look, what you're facing right now this is just kind of step one into further judgment that God is going to bring um, if you do not repent of your sins. So this is, this is what you have to look forward to. But even though God is going to, to punish you, there's going to be judgment that comes. He is going to restore. He's not going to forsake his people. And Peter references this prophecy uh, on the day of Pentecost. And so you, you see the the restoration of the people of God, that God continues to pour out his spirit. He hasn't forsaken us, even though things are waxing worse and worse as a result of mankind and the people of God's sin. So the application of this then with what I'm going to read. So Joel is a prophecy that is given during the time of what we might call a natural disaster. I mean, when the, when locusts have come in and eaten up everything, that could be a natural disaster. Yeah. We don't know that that well in our time, but that was a real danger back then. Especially when you're primarily an agricultural society. Yes, and God allows that, okay? So God allows this to happen to what end? Well, the prophecy of Joel is to show us God allows it to happen, at least to one point, is to get his people's attention. And again, this is Old Testament time. This is working in the days of Israel, and God is dealing with Israel. It's before the cross. It's before the new covenant. But there's application here. God allows this to happen to get his people's attention. To what end? To what end does he want their attention? So that they will repent. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to chapter 2 of Joel. And just by the way, I could not help but think as you're sharing that of some of the recent disasters that even our generation has seen and gone through. There's moral evil in the world. 
we just go back 22 years to September 11, 2001. As American people, we saw moral evil at the height in this generation. Mm -hmm. But there's still stuff happening right now of moral evil. There's still wars going on, and there's still genocides going on, and there's still the, uh, the slave trafficking that goes on and the sex trafficking and all that stuff, right? Then there's the natural disasters, the natural evil that happens. We just had this global pandemic of the coronavirus, which still exists, and, and, and so all this, at what, to what end? God allows all that to happen, but t in terms of his people, application-wise, he allows it to happen and us even to be affected by it to get our attention. Why? We need to remember that the greatest need of our life is God. Yes. And the, 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 the biggest focus of our life has to be God. Okay, so when we have lost that, we need repentance. Okay, now Joel chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 12 through 19. Just listen to this reading. You want to know what the Lenten season is supposed to be about? It's about taking up the cross. It's about suffering. It's about humiliation. It is about grieving over our sin and our flesh and drawing nigh to God. Verse 12, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the, uh, of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Basically, that verse is saying, God might be so gracious and merciful to you that even though the whole land's been devoured, you'll find that God has left enough out there that you could have enough to offer to him an offering, right? Mm. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, and call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for, this, for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Now, think about this. How many times do we hear American Christians proclaim Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people which are called by... Well, if you're serious about that, if you're really serious, and that's not just Christian nationalism eking out of your system, then Lent should be right up your alley mm -hmm. because it is a time where the church across the globe is actually to be unified in a spirit of fasting and repentance. That's the spirit of Lent. It's repentance. Repentance in this portion of Scripture shows us genuine repentance will bring renewal in the land. Now, I'm first and foremost interested in renewal in my own heart. Mm-hmm. And then I am interested in renewal in my family and in my church. Now, will the nation be turned back to God? Will the United States of America be turned back to God? We're not Israel, okay? But you can't not imagine goodness resulting if, across the board, the people of God were to genuinely practice what this is calling for. It's calling for turning your heart, your whole heart, back to God with fasting and weeping in the morning. And I thought as I read that, he wants us to repent from the heart, not just the outward action. He says, rend your heart, not your garments. You know, that was a, an outward sign for them, an act of religious practice to, to, to tear their clothing. 
God responds to the genuine change of heart, not just outward action. The real fruit of repentance is not religious performance, but it's a changed way of life. And that reminded me of the way of the devout heart that we've been talking about. That's what God wants in our life. Verse 12 tells us what genuine, well, verse 12 and 13 tells us what that genuine repentance is, and he, he includes fasting and weeping and mourning. Now, on a practical, just a practical point here, the primary thing that Lenten season invites us into is fasting. That's why people say, what are you giving up? But How? This is the question that pops into my mind. What would actually cause us to truly seek God with fasting and weeping and mourning? Because I can read this passage in the church. I can say this on the radio, that God's word says, turn your whole heart back to me with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see a lot of that kind of desire for God. What would cause us to turn back to God with fasting and weeping and mourning? And that question led me to this question. What needs to change in my life? Hmm. Where, where have I been wrong before God? Now, now I can start to zero in on what I need to do with Lent. Now I can look at where true fasting and, and weeping and mourning will come in my life. The things that I have allowed to exist in my life that I know shouldn't be there. The things that I have toyed with and not been serious about cutting away. Beth Moore, she's the she's a famous speaker, writer, author, Christian author. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Beth Moore, but I know she said this. Some things don't need to be cut back. They need to be cut away. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's true, right? That's, that's true. I don't know a lot about Beth Moore, but that was right. So repentance, that's the first word, okay? And how do we get to that point? I think we asked ourselves the question, what needs to change in our life? Where have I been wrong before God? Could that help us figure out what our Lent season should look like? Sure, because, I mean, that's the self-evaluation that ultimately, from my very limited understanding of Lent, that it's calling for. It's not something to be done flippantly or, well, let me see what I can, uh, let me see what I can afford to give up for 40 days. Exactly. That's a very important point. It's not about giving up something that ought to be given up anyway. Right. That, that'll do you no good. That won't call your heart to God. That won't be sufficient. So in other words, if I say, you know what, I think I'm going to give up, I'm going to give up these uh, uh, you know, sexually perverse television shows I've been watching. I think that'd be a good thing to give up for Lent. No, that'd be a good thing to give up <laughs> forever, yeah. right? That's, yes, give it up, but don't just make that your offering to God. I'm going to offer to God that I'm going to stop cussing this month. Yeah. You know that don't that. What are you talking about? That's that's an outward thing. That's the rending of the garment. That's not the rending of the heart. True fasting, weeping over it, mourning over it. Okay, you got to be broken. The the sub passage that goes with this, or the next passage, if you look at the the calendar reading, the one I'm not going to turn to, but it goes with this one is Psalm 51, and that's that psalm of repentance, confession. God, give me a new heart, clean me, mm-hmm. make me right, wash me, make me new. We there, there's some scripture right there. You've already been given some scripture to start with. If you didn't start yesterday, start today. Look at spend some time praying in those scriptures. Let me give you the second one though. Second Corinthians chapter five. I'm gonna read chapter five, verse twenty through chapter six, verse ten. These are the readings. We're just giving you the readings today and making some comments on them. So the first word to make your Lenten season to understand the spirit of it, it's repentance. It's about repentance. It's about repentance because repentance will bring genuine renewal. Now here's the second one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, 
as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Now, there's probably a half a dozen key words that we could lift out of there. But I think for me, and I think what will help us understand this, is the word found in chapter 5, verse 20, be ye reconciled to God, reconciled. Because as you look at this passage, what Paul is describing here is he's, he's saying, hey, hey guys, we have been made right in Christ. And really, our whole lives should be given into that devout and holy, close walk with God. What has come in between us and God? Now, I know this is repentance too, but we're building off the idea of repentance. This is a season of repentance. What am I repenting of? Well, I, I need to think about what needs to change in my life. Well, what needs to change in my life? One category would be I need to look at whatever is has separated you know, put distance between me and God, and I need to, to get rid of that. Be reconciled to God. Close the gap. Um, now, we get reconciled to God initially by being born again. But then we reconcile to God throughout the rest of our life here by our ongoing sanctification. So when you think about the season of Lent, it is about drawing closer to God and making war on your flesh. What has brought distance between you and God? That needs to be dealt with. So what I'm hearing is the comparison between the two. We've said before that repentance is to change the mind. But it sounds like reconciliation is the action that results from the changed mind. So we go into it seeking, okay, Lord, what do I need to repent of? And then once it's identified, it's not enough just to be like, okay, yep, I see that. But now there's action that needs to take place. There's something that I need to do so that my, my repentance is effective, maybe is the right put, word. Put into, work, put into action. Yeah. yeah, so that now— It's effectual. It, yes. God's got, in other words, God's not wanting us to just see our error and then feel bad about it and beat ourselves up. He's wanting us to see our error so that ultimately we can get back into the right place that he has intended and provided the way for us to be. And that is the, that's the ministry of reconciliation. It's not, don't stay over here and just be aware of your sin and feel bad about it, but now do something about it. Let's get it fixed and get back here where you need to be. Yeah, remember we talked about this yesterday, but the Sundays of Lent are not counted in the 40 days because mm -hmm. they're the mini-resurrection, right? They're, they're the sun, on Sunday we celebrate, so... That's the point. 
in, in interspersed between this whole 40-day period are these Sundays where we can come in in celebration and feasting and rejoicing. Why? Because we have done the work. We've, we've repented and we've made the changes to be reconciled. So when Sunday comes, I'm ready to worship and rejoice. Now, what stands out in this passage, too, is the suffering that Paul speaks of. There's the stripes, the imprisonments, tumults, labors, watching, fasting, but all of that suffering he receives as a part of the way of life of living and giving, surrendering everything to God. The suffering produces in us that sense of, of, of giving everything over, of surrender. Suffering will lead us to surrender. Mm-hmm. The, uh, one, of the, one of the phrases I think is also an equally important word out of this passage is chapter 6, verse 4, but in all things approving ourselves. You know, this this whole season is about us approving ourselves. He says, as the ministers of God, we're all ministers of God, right? We're all ministers serving the Lord. So we need to do some soul searching during this season to make our to to allow God really to make us fit servants of His. So repentance, reconciliation, and let me give you the third one. And we're ready for this one now. Okay, Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. Long before we walk out the door to do what Matthew 6 is going to talk about, and I say walk out the door. But, I mean, in other words, when we start engaging in these spiritual disciplines and activities, we will have needed to understand the role of repentance and reconciliation. But now watch this. Matthew 6, 1, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, Jump to verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In that that reading, there are at least four practices of the Lenten season that are pretty common. Giving, praying, fasting, and then what we would maybe just call reducing or cutting our ties to worldly things, you know, not laying up treasures you know, for yourselves on earth. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we talked about yesterday was some of the frivolous spending that we could cut out, we could work on. So so here's the point, though. Repentance was the first word, reconciliation. But in this passage, what we see is righteousness. What God is calling out in us is genuine, real righteousness, genuine works of righteousness. In other words, the, Lent, the Lenten season is about helping us get to the place where our prayer life and our giving and our fasting and all that are being being done as genuine acts of our heart. Going back to Joel, you know, rend the heart, not the clothe, clothing. So I know we are way out of time. We're going to have to close it, but 
If you want to understand Lent in three words, repentance, reconciliation, and righteousness. And so we hope you'll take these things to heart, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And we thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.